Good morning, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast podcast. Um, I've got an amazing guest today. His name's Ryan Decker. I cannot wait for you to uh, hear his story. Um, he uh, has been through some really difficult situations in his life, had some really tough things happen when he was younger. And just like all the other guests I've had on here, um, it's just inspiring to see where he is today. He is the marketing director here at uh, Wasatch Recovery. Um, fairly new at that, right, Ryan? Yeah. And uh, But doing an amazing job already, uh, keeping this place rolling. Um, but I'm excited. Thank you for your support. And I hope after you listen to this today that you will share this with your family or friends, anyone who's struggling, whether it's an addiction, self-esteem issue, depression, someone who's lost a parent, a father, or a, a mother, this will inspire them. So thank you for joining us. And Ryan, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Yeah. Here we go. Round two. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Ryan, tell, why don't you tell the, our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, a little bit about your family life, and that kind of thing, and and uh, what your you know what that's led to. We'll go from there. Okay. So uh, at a young age, uh, well, I was born in Orem, Utah. Born, bred, still there. Um, you know, as a I grew up in a small house. Dad, mom, typical LDS family. Um, I had a you know sister and a little brother, and and uh, life was good. Um, you know, besides, you know, I'd see my dad on the couch, you know, taking a few pills every now and again, but other than that, it was the norm. Um, it was, so you saw him actually doing it? Yeah, he used to just, he just did it would nod out and sleep off on the couch and, yeah. you know, but he was, he was a great, great dad. I mean, right. loved him. You know, I was his, you know, I was his son and we were just, we were tight. We had a great relationship. How old were you when you noticed that kind of stuff? You know, I was like seven, eight. Okay. Yeah, when you're trying to get dad up to go play, you know, go throw the ball around, things like that. Or, yeah. And, uh, do you have brothers or sisters? Or? I do. So I had an older sister and then I had a baby brother that was just born, um, at the time that, that he passed. So at, yeah. at the age of, um, eight, my dad, you know, committed suicide. And I remember the, uh, the, wow. uh, the day, you know, like it was yesterday. It's wow. replayed in my mind, you know, over and over go, you know, over and over again, the fight with my, uh, you know, my mom and my dad that led him up to, uh, you know, going up in the canyon and taking his life and to the cops coming to my house and knocking on the door and, um, you know, and wow. it, it... You were eight years old? Yeah. Wow. So it was about a year after you noticed him taking pills and things like yeah. that? And yeah, and, and he, he would always get these shoulder surgeries or some type of surgery. So he's, uh -huh. you know, but he's obviously, he's got the same kind of, you know, some of it is genetic, you know, because I had the same things and I get it now. Yeah. So, um, but after that, you know, I had a really normal childhood up until that point. Right. Um, the, the kids and the, the community that I surrounded myself kind of um, disappeared. They made it known at the school, my elementary school, what had happened. So kids back in the 80s, obviously, you know, suicide was, you know, it's not like it is now. It wasn't as common. I mean, it was like, you know, and from a church perspective and everything, it's like murder, you know. Right. And so for... Uh, you know, immediately you have parents, you know, you know, okay, don't hang out with, you know, them. And, you know, that's, you know, this happened. So you've almost felt ostracized by yeah, the absolutely. neighbors and the friends. and Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So the school. Which, which it should be the exact opposite. Yeah. And you would right? think. And yet you, you think would they think. would have, you know, put yeah. you under their wing kind of thing. But it was such a, I mean, odd thing. I mean, it, it yeah. was just back then. Now, really, 
you know, our society now, it's like a normal thing how messed up is Was that? your dad a drug addict? Was he, so, you know, or? So he, he struggled with drinking and prescriptions. He was a okay. convert to the church, you know, later on, you okay. know, from California. Um, the long history in his family with, um, mm. you know, suicide and substance abuse. You know, at the age of 34, becoming the, you know, the oldest male on my dad's side of family to make it past 34 due to oh, suicide wow. or substance abuse. The only male on that side. Wow. So, so I didn't get to know my my uh, grandpa or uncles or it was it was, and you know how messed up is that? You know that my, you know my mom actually threw a party for me on that birthday. Like hey, you know you made it. Unfortunately, that was about the time when my life got turned upside down. Yeah. Uh, do you think that was uh, by coincidence? It wasn't because it was yeah. always in the back of my mind. It was yeah. just that day and age. But going back to when I was a kid, yeah. so. Um, you know, I, I had these friends, I lost these friends, and then I kind of collected friends that were from, you know, single parent families or abusive families, things like that. I mean, these were the kids I fit in with now that would accept me for, they didn't care. I mean, they're going through their own stuff. And we were really kind of there for each other. And, and it went all the way up through elementary into junior high and into high school. And these kids, and even though my mom used to say, hey, you can't ever try any of this stuff. Right. You cannot try drugs, period. I mean, it just it just runs in your family. You've got this addictive personality. And, yeah. and of course, you know, being strong head like I was, you know, going through a childhood where, you know, now I'm just trying to figure out who I am. And uh, that's kind of when, you know, at one point I remember, like it was yesterday, my gateway drug was when one of my buddies said, hey, you, wanna, you want one of these cigarettes? And I'm like, Yep, and when I did it, that was it. And how old were you again? Uh, this is this is I was uh, in the eighth grade. Okay. So I was I was in eighth grade, and and uh, at that point, I got the case of the efforts. Like, you know, I just don't care anymore. I'm done trying. I mean, I I was, you know, p poor me. I've had this, you know, and I tried to make my life as normal as possible. But at some point, I'm like, I just got to a point where I just don't care. Yeah, but as a young kid going through what you went through, losing your dad the way. He, you know, the way it happened. I mean, when you're that young, you don't, I mean, it tur turns your world upside down. I mean, one of the biggest things as kids, we want to feel safe. And I would imagine you just would like, man, this world isn't safe. My family isn't safe. I don't know. What, how does that, how did that feel? Well, and, and you know, my mom, she did, she was, she was so good. She made it, she, she, as she says, she married on the rebound to try to make our lives as normal as possible. But right. yeah, you're right. I felt like, you know, I just felt like I wasn't, like, it wasn't in my cars to be, like, happiness just wasn't, like, like, okay, I got, you know, I got this raw deal. Right. And, and that's, but, but I tried not to let it affect me. I tried to be a happy kid, but down, and deep down, I'm just, I'm dying. Hurting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've got, you know, my dad's gone, yeah. you know, and, and that was, that was my, you know, my best friend and, and things like that. So, you know, growing up without a dad, and, you know, I'm, in that day and age was hard and I married and my mom married a, a step you know my stepdad which is he's a great guy but just wasn't my dad it's not the same and yeah I was yeah. that I was that kid like you're, you're not my dad kind of kid where yeah you know I just wanted my dad back how soon after did your mom get married oh it was a, a year or so okay so it was so fairly quick. Yeah, quick so that had to have been awkward as well I mean just who, who's this guy yeah. and where's my dad still and yeah it's yeah. the whole thing was just confusing and and how did your sister handle it? 
Um, she she kind of she kept some of those feelings, you know, mm-hmm. locked inside. And my little brother was just little, little. You know, he's just a baby. So didn't really know yeah. any different. Yeah. So, but it 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 was what it was, and and this group of friends accepted me for who I was. Yeah. And so you know we you know back in the now early nineties. You know, cigarettes turned into smoking weed to, you know, to all the psychedelics. And, you know, thank heavens that back then wasn't like it was now. I wouldn't have made it out of high school with the drugs. Oh, yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, so, but that's what it was. I didn't care what it was as long as it just changed, like, the way I felt and thought. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, and that just carried on for, you know, all the way from junior high and through high school. You know, I just got a case of, like, I just didn't want, didn't care about my homework. I would, you know, I was just, it was just parties and girls and mm-hmm. things like that. Were you, did you play sports growing up? Did you play sports? Yeah, so yeah. so I did. I played uh, I played football. Problem is you have to have good grades and, and attendance, which I didn't <laughs> do. I mean, to the yeah. point where I remember, like, dropping acid during a football game just because I just didn't care. I mean, it was just, yeah. I mean, I was doing it because, you know, well, back then, that's how you got the gals is, you know, play on the football team or the baseball team. But I, I really love sports. Yeah. Well, yeah, th- that tells me when you drop an acid in a football game, it's just you're, you're doing whatever you can to suppress those dark feelings and those that scary, and that, that scared and, and that fear that you had by losing your dad. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think any kid going through what you've been through would feel the same way. And some people deal with it differently. And you found something that, hey, this numbs us out, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and, and you know, of course, later on in life, I look back at it, I'm like, it's, it's exactly what I did. But at the time, it was just, I was just steamrolling out of control, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just, I just knew that I didn't want to, I didn't want to be sober at all. Like, I legitimately would smoke weed, you know, it got to a point where I smoked it like every half hour. I mean, and mm-hmm. then I'm drinking, and then, you know, when I don't want to drink, then, then cocaine came into the picture. And it was seriously, I was just doing anything and everything. Was this still high school? Yeah, this is in high school. And I yeah. and all my friends were the same way. They were all going through, you know, same issues. Their issues. Yeah, and, and so we became yeah. this really tight-knit group of friends. That that's what we did. We just we used and partied. And, and, you know, then everybody started getting expelled, you know, from school. And I met this girl in seminary of all places, <laughs> you know. And, you know, it was... She was the secretary forging my name on the thing to, on the attendance roll, so I didn't get kicked out, and and uh, you know I ended up marrying the girl. Oh, and so this is Jamie. Yeah, this is Jamie. <laughs> so I met her. In, I met her in seminary, and uh, she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, uh-huh. which was yeah. uh, it's pretty amazing. It, it's that she wrote it out with me. Yeah. And you're still with her today. Still and, with her today. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's great. Uh, if you don't know Jamie, I wish you did. She really is a great lady, great mom. Yeah. Right. Um, and you put her through a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we've talked a lot yeah. about this, right? Yeah. But uh, you know, and we laugh and chuckle. But man, what a trooper she's been. And uh, you know, you guys are still working on stuff like that as well. But uh, so let's jump ahead. So after high school, you know, did you get married right away with to Jamie? Or? So so we graduated high school. Um, everybody all. Some of my buddies cleaned up, straightened up. They decided, you know, that phase was over mm-hmm. and went on missions. Mm-hmm. And I was just wasn't anywhere in that 
mindset. Right. And I didn't want to lose this girl I met that I was so madly in love with. You know, I was afraid that if I would have even tried to have gone, she wouldn't have been there when I got back. Yeah. And so I... Real quick, I want to stop you just for a second. A thought that came to my mind, and I want to hear... But, you know, you... Obviously, your mom was pushing you to go to church and try to do good things. And were you were you kind of a kid? I mean, did you pray at all? Were you that kind of kid? Did you ever pray? You know, I did. I did. It seemed like a lot of times I was praying to my dad. Mm. Like I, I, that was my communication that I could, like I pray and it kind of, if you will, like and just you know, ask dad for help. Or so you believed, believed that he was. You know, at some point, helping you out, Absolutely. even though he wasn't there. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 you know, and and my, you know, I had a testimony church. You know, I knew it was mm-hmm. you know, true, and I and I loved it. Um, but but yet here I am doing everything. Opposite. Th- that's opposite. You know, I was still, you know, a good kid. I just was, you know, my my thing was they just don't even understand, you know, what I'm going through. So justifying. Right. Like yeah, and. And, you know, so many people through, you know, my childhood trying to help me, church leaders and things like that, knew I was struggling, just doing anything and everything. And, yeah. And, but, but yet, you know, I just, I just couldn't do it. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I understand. So go back. So you, you know, back to with you and Jamie. Yeah. So we ended up getting married. Um, I was 21. She was 20. Um, and... Then we decided that, and I was still drinking, smoking weed, you know, just the gentleman stuff, mm-hmm. if you will. <laughs> yeah, I tried to keep yeah. it. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she, and then we decided about a year into it. Well, I, I shouldn't say decided. She got pregnant, you know, a year later. And I had my first son, Kai. And, um, you know, that kind of changed everything. I really knew, okay. I got to start doing some adulting like hard, yeah. but yet I was, you know, I was successful. I was, you know, I was working, excuse me, I was making enough money to buy my first house. Um, you know, we were both really hard workers, but I was still dying inside. And now my priorities, priorities changed to, okay, I just need to make money to take care take of care. my family. I got to be mm-hmm. responsible. And so and I tried that, you know, for a, a few years and uh, then we kept struggling, separating. She was just tired of it. And then I have my, we're pregnant again with my second, my daughter, Taylor. Right. Have you cleaned up at this point? Have no, you, no. I'm but you're st- still... I'm still trying. And at this point, after I have her, I realized that, okay, um, I need to clean up. So I did. So and you had your second? Yeah, after my second one. Okay. So we got cleaned. I got clean and we actually went to the temple, mm. um, you know, and, and I had about a three-year you know, clean spell. And, uh, I got this, this, you, you kind of shrug. Was it really a clean three years? Well, <laughs> justified with prescriptions that were, yeah. You okay. know, the prescriptions, the things that were prescribed. So we're on opiates. Yeah, yeah. Which, which was, which was actually, believe it or not, I was, you know, doing it as prescribed and whatnot until I, you know, the Oxycontin phase came in. And, yeah. you know, then I'm, you know, I have a workman's comp claim at a job. Like it was very successful at this point. Like mm-hmm. I was, you know, for a kid my age, you know, to yeah, making good money. Yeah, really good money. Um, and did you buy a home? Yeah, we bought nice bought, our, bought our second home. Yeah, and I mean, then the cars and the motorcycles and all these things I thought would make me happy, that that, <laughs> that, that didn't do yeah. it. Right. So, but but I, and I but at that point, then I hit the oxycotton phase, the workman's comp claim, and that was that. Right. And at, at that point, I uh, I just went completely out of control. 
it started off, you know, just uh, a few here and there, mm-hmm. and then I was snorting them, and then I was completely out of control, and a de- full decade went by of me using this. Now, this is going to sting a little bit, but just, I want to see what you feel about this. I mean, and I know we've talked about this when we worked through this uh, when you were here, but, uh, you know, you almost, on some sense, kind of turned into your dad. Oh, yeah. I mean, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. It, you probably didn't maybe realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But if you look back on it, I mean, you kind of were following the pattern of your dad. Because, like you said, your mom's when you made it to 34, your mom said, congratulations, you did it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it just wasn't heard of, in your, at least on your dad's side yeah. of the family. Which is just so... But 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 if you look back on how lucky you really were to make it to them. Oh yeah, I mean, because right? uh, but but seriously, that's when I went to treatment at thirty four, and and it was and I was almost like dead. I mean, it was. Is that when you came through yeah, here? Yeah, was thirty four. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I mean, <clears throat> I was one of Ryan's counselors when he came here through Wasatch Recovery, um, and uh, really got to know you really well. Yeah. Um, you know, the good and the bad and the ugly. Yeah. But m- mostly good. I mean, you were a good guy who was just struggling and hurt. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of hurt. And uh, we we worked through a lot of that hurt. And you had a rough go here. How long were you here? So I was here for 86 days. 86 days. <laughs> and I think uh, 84 of the days he wanted to leave. You yeah, know? that's true. That's true. <laughs> but but let's be serious. Like, you were, you were hurting. Yeah. I mean, you were hard. just... You'd get angry in group. I'm just going to be, is that yeah, okay? We're going to be real. You get angry in group. You get angry sometimes in your sessions. But anger, as we know, is a secondary emotion. It's always, it always covers up the hurt. Yeah. You were really just hurt. You're yeah. a hurt soul. Yeah. And it was all just kind of spewing out. Yeah. But I do have to say, you finished strong. Yeah. I mean, you left here on a really powerful uh, note, in my opinion. You were doing really well. Yeah. Right? Is that fair? Yeah, uh, yeah 100%. Yeah. And leading up to where I got made the best decision in my life was I. So I was married. I had two kids. I was making you know great job, mm-hmm. and then we actually decided to to have my third child, Camden, which is you know, she's she's amazing, but you know seriously, a decade of using oxys and morphine and things like that, and I was killing it in my industry. I was just I did really well. It had like a reversed effect on effect on me where I wasn't not not. I was like energy and just killing it functioning as you're moving forward yeah Yeah. so and then i I, so i talked to a doctor i realized you know i need to come off of this stuff and i met this doctor i used to play golf with and i said hey i want off this and he gave me some suboxone you know and and i tried to taper off it and then he prescribed me some xanax which is really where at that point that changed everything i kind of hate him for it but then i also thank him for it i'd still be using oxys today so it got you off the oxys but then you get kind of yeah you know Getting hooked on Xanax yeah. then eventually? Yeah, so now I'm on Xanax, which now my decision maker's not even thinking. Because now the Suboxone, you know, I'm not getting more, and I make that decision to use heroin. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, the one thing, I, you know, that I never thought I'd do, and, you know, it's just people... Did you, did you slam it, or were you no, smoking it? Oh, just smoking it. God yeah. gave me a fair needles, and that's why I'm alive today. Yeah. Yeah, that needle stuff uh, is scary. But but smoking is, I mean, this, we yeah. always kind of laugh. Oh, I just smoked it. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just as bad. If, I mean, it's just right up it's, there. It's crazy. You can still die from yeah. it. You can still OD, that kind yeah. of stuff. And it was to a point where now I've got this problem where I don't want my wife to know how much I'm using. I don't want it to affect our financial situation. Right. So I started a separate company. 
And now I'm using the money from this separate, and it was successful. I'm using that to fuel my addiction. And it was about a $500 day habit for wow. a while. 500 Yeah. And so, because once I started taking the Xanax, my thought process was just completely, at, you know, gone. And so I'm doing this for oh, a couple of years. And, um, you know, and then the, I finally decided, okay, I got to stop. My employer, everybody knows, is once I, hit, I start taking the Xanax, that something's not right. Mm-hmm. My work ethic, you know, fall, I'm falling asleep. And, uh, you know, it uh, turned out to be... I so I stopped on my own and I didn't know what it can do if you stop on your own. What happened? Yeah, so I'm sitting there and I stop and I go home and I'm picking up my son and the, and I coach baseball and I'm like, hey, let's go. To, Mom needs some rice from Walmart. Let's go over there. I'll buy you guys a video game. So we go over there. The boys go over and grab a video game. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go grab the rice. And that's the last thing I remember. And I remember, you know, waking up with blood in my eyes and you know paramedics and a whole bunch of Walmart people all around me, you know, and they're all staring at me and I had a grandma seizure to the point where legitimately a guy reached my pocket while I was seizing, had enough time to dial my wife and have my wife be there before, you know, when I was coming out of the seizure, about 15 minute seizure. So after that happened, you know, and let's try by yourself or who are you? Well, I had my son. So unfortunately my son in the baseball team. So he watched that. So they, they caught the tail end of it. Wow. So when all the commotion started happening. So, after that, I'm sitting in the ER, and then I'm like, I had no idea that this could ha- cause this. I'm like, I must be distressed, working too hard, you know, just yeah. dehydrated or whatever. And so it's fun, you know, I go on with it, and a couple weeks later, I'm kneeling down to pray with my son at night, and um, again, boom, grandma sees on his bed right in front of my son. Ambulance and neighbors in my house, back to the ER I go. And then I had that magical third one that makes it for so for the rest of my life I get to go sign a piece of paper I'm a neurologist sign a piece of paper keep my license I can never become a pilot mm-hmm. which you know I really wanted to do my dad was a pilot and and then at that point I realized okay I can't I really can't stop doing this on my own physically like it's gonna kill me yeah right yeah yeah and so I made the decision to you know I reached out for help I said let's do this so I went and detoxed and I thought okay if I can just get out of my system safely I'll be good Mm-hmm. So that's what I did, and when I got out, um, you know, I did good for a couple months. You know, mm-hmm. you know, everything's kind of getting back in the swing, and and then finally, but me and my wife had separated. We've been off and on like she was just fed up, which yeah. 100% she had that right. You know, for sure, I, I yeah. would be too. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and then I was living at my mom's house, and my my brother, you know, he was drinking at the time, and and so at this point now I'm just having a few drinks, and yeah, you know, I'm. I'm beat myself up for all the stuff I've done. Right. And you know, stuff to put my family through and, and I'll never forget I, I reach up there to get a you know, a drink of some vodka and right next to it somehow I'd hidden a half a bottle of Xanax I thought I'd taken. So one turned into two, turned into, you know, snorting to ten of them with a fifth of vodka to the point where um yeah, I'm stumbling down the road and just so happens my wife's driving by and it's like at one in the morning. And she picks me up, and I'm like, I'm going to die. Like, I just can't stop. And she calls my bishop, which is the most amazing man I've, besides you I've ever met. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I paid him to say that. Yeah. But, but, and so he said, okay, let's do this. And we went to, to uh, uni, and I, I detoxed. And, and while I was there, I had a, uh, you know, I had a lot of people come talk to me and, and say, yeah, come here. We're the greatest, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I... And I, I turned down 
Mark from Wasatch, <laughs> and and um, and I said yes to the only other treatment center I ever knew about because I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and and so I committed. Next day I was supposed to be leaving, and uh, Mark came came back that second day. Inspiration, whatever you want to call it, and I just felt it. All, just felt it that I needed to go there, and I did it now. And now I realized that, that was nothing short of my higher power. You know, higher power saying yeah. you need to go here. Yeah, and that was the greatest decision I ever made. I wasn't yeah. happy to, to be at right. Wasatch at all. But I mean, cause yeah, so I was there through Christmas, <laughs> through Christmas, yeah. I got three kids. We're doing all this stuff during blackout. And all I wanted to do was fix everything that I'd wrote. Right. right. I mean, which is normal. Um, yeah. And God, I just, I just like, okay, 30 days I'm out. And 30 days came around like you're not raised. Like the hell I ain't. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you really got pissed off. <laughs> yeah, because uh, then it became like it came on a, like a decision that I felt like I was forced, and I was, you know, I just was kind of like a dick, you know, right. like I just, mm-hmm. you know, here, what do they know? You know, they, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I thought I could do it, but obviously, I couldn't, and and you know, this is why these guys are amazing. They get paid to do what they do is because, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, they they know me better than I know myself. Right. And so um, 60 days rolls around. I'm like, okay, so I'll miss it. You know, first at 30, I'm like, I'll stay 60 and I'm done. Right. And I'm like, I'm out. And one of the owners, Jeff, comes comes around and is like, dude, you're not, you're not ready. You know, and yeah. then, you know, the clinical director comes over and says, no. I'm like, okay. And they're like, you're not ready. I'm like, what do you mean? And it was that I wasn't completely let go of the wheel. And, you know, just like surrendering, just saying, okay, here I am. You know, just getting vulnerable. Like, right. do what you got to do to get me yeah. better. And at that point, I just started dumping, yeah. like, all the hurt and everything. Yeah, that last 20, 25 days, yeah. you really just, that's when things really started to click. And you did. You, you said it. You got vulnerable. Like, the hurt all started coming out. Yeah. You were able to kind of say some of these things you were holding back for decades, you know? And what? And it was just such, just such a relief to, like, put it into words mm-hmm. where I was going through that. I legitimately think it took me 60 days just to try to figure out... Mm-hmm. Like what the issue was and how, how I could fix it. Yeah. So, but then you know, eighty something days, you know, come by and and uh, and you know, and they're like, "Hey, you're ready." I'm like, yeah. "Hallelujah!" And even, <laughs> and even Hallelujah. and even when I go home, you know, that transition piece is so big. Legitimately, I go home back into my environment, and seriously, the first thing I do is reach above a door sill, and I'm like. What am I doing? And that's why the aftercare is so crucial. Yeah, you were looking for, yeah, for an oxy. Oh, and, there's an, and it was almost just automatic. Automatic. Right? Boom. Like legit, walk in the door. I'm like, and I don't what know. If, I don't and know what if, if you would have found one? And I don't know if I, I don't. I don't think I would have taken it. It was just have it, and that's how, like, crucial like aftercare and being held accountable while you're, yeah. you know, you've got kind of got one foot in the tree. Have world, a support. One out. Yeah. Yep. Have a support system around you. Yeah, and, and that was huge because and yeah. and the lucky thing that I had is I had my Wasatch family. It wasn't just a treatment center. It was, I dumped all my friends, everybody I had. I got rid of my career, which is crazy to only have a high school diploma with a six-figure job. And after being in Wasatch, I'm like, that will keep me sick to just legitimately take a leap of faith like it's going to be all good. Yeah, you you cleaned house, dude. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. Selling my selling yeah. cars and trucks and just like, you know, and, and the thing was is even when I was making money, I'd wake up in the morning. And I would grab a shoe or something. I'd throw it. I'm like, fuck, I hate my life. Yeah. I mean, God, I don't want to do this. And and to change everything to being unemployed and waking up and looking outside and being like, I'm so glad to be alive. And I love life. And 
you know, and I have these friends that are tell me, you know, because they've been there that it's going to be all good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just the love and support is what yeah. carried me through until I could, you know, start loving myself, you know, completely sure. again. Sure. And what I love about what you did, and, and this is good for our listeners to understand, is that you paid a price that a lot of people aren't willing to pay. We have people who leave here, unfortunately, that still hold on to their same friends, go back to the same environment, same job. It's all unhealthy, but they're like, oh, no, I can't leave them. I can't leave them. Yeah, you fought it for a minute, but you did it. And I think that's what really puts you over the top is you did some of these really difficult decisions. And at first it was really, you know, you were thinking, whoa, but look what it did. Yeah. Look where you are today. It's freaking amazing. Yeah, and it was amazing. It was so it was so hard, but I knew at that point I was like, I wanna get I wanna do this. Yeah. I wanna help other people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the money's not gonna be close as good, but my life has always been about artificial happiness right i was always substituting you money know, yeah. cars houses i mean and, and that's right that's what i thought i mean from like this you know social media aspect like i wanted to be like just balling like hey i didn't go you know didn't go to school like you guys did I didn't go on a mission yeah. but i'm still killing it you know right. just like to show people like i made it and and it's you know so for about six months i was you know unemployed looking for work and you know the wife's freaking out like i hope you made the right decision you know, because now we're trying to work it out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I actually reached out to a lot of places like, hey, yeah, you got to have about a year of clean time. I'm like, okay. Okay, you know, I can I can do this. And then a gal at a detox in Utah County brought me on as a business development rep. And I'm like, took a leap of faith. And, you know, I killed it. And then, you know, I became wanted by other places. And mm-hmm. offers started coming. And, you know, took a job in St. George and just loved it. And uh, I had no intentions of, uh, you know, working for Wasatch because I didn't ever want to ruin my friendship with, that I had with everybody. Right. And, uh, the, and the opportunity came, and, and he's like, hey, I work with all my friends anyways. Like, let's do this. Yeah. And I did it, and I, and I love it. And yeah. I mean, I love to – I am fortunate enough that I get to give back and do service mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. And that's, you know – and you're just one of those guys that are, you're very likable. You're positive. You're energetic. People love being around you. I mean, that's that's why you're so good at what you do, to be honest. And I'm sure people who, when they talk to you, when you're out there marketing us out there, that they just go, "Wow, this." They're not. It's not necessarily Wasatch you're selling. They're they're yeah. seeing you. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. And you're doing an amazing job. I mean, I'm just being saying this is more, you know, being real with you. You're doing amazing. And I, and I so really, cool. and I really love it. I mean, it's the easiest thing for me to do because I did it. Yep. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Wow. And that, yeah. Wow. Well, let's, I want to, sh- a couple more things okay. here. I want to go back just, what was a belief you had growing up? I mean, your dad, you know, yeah. takes his life. You're seven, eight years old at this time. You see him taking drugs before all that. And what, what, what belief did you have about you and the world that kind of held you back? So I just believed that, that happiness, that I wasn't, it was just, it was an undeserving of happiness and this is just the hand I was dealt. Wow. And I mean, but yet my mom was such a great mom. She made sure. it as my life as normal as could be, but deep down, I mean, I was like, well, how come nobody else has to deal with this stuff? Like this was just the hand I was dealt, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I, and I just didn't feel like I could be truly happy. Like, and that, that, and then it, what turned, then I kind of got closed off to a point where I wasn't trying to school. I'm like, I'm just not smart enough. Like I just completely shut down. 
like yeah. mentally and I just and then it, it just carried on and just got just got so heavy where mm-hmm. you know I just wouldn't even apply myself to anything and I was just you know on the outside I keep a smile and try to be happy inside yeah. I was just tore up yeah yeah so obviously that belief that I don't deserve happiness you know I'm not going to be like everybody else I mean to me that's what led that belief kind of fueled your behavior yeah you know you said you got the efforts, you know, you started smoking and drinking and all that and just, you know, numbing out any way you could. And uh, it's fascinating how how powerful belief is in that. Just crazy. Isn't that amazing? Um, so what, what what's the belief you have now about you that's, that kind of sets yourself free and that's empowering? So, so right now, I, I have the belief that happiness, anybody can have happiness. It's a choice. You can wake up in the morning and be grateful for what you have, mm-hmm. or you can wake up in the morning and wish you had more. Right. I mean, you go whatever you want, you go get, and and happiness just comes within, within. I mean, anybody can be happy. I love that. I mean, yeah. it is seriously. You could be living, you know, in a van down by the river, but happiness could be a choice that you make, and and just to be happy with who you are, like really who you are. I think a lot of times that's what the issue is. A lot of people don't even know who they are, mm-hmm. and so how can you be happy with who you are? Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't know who you are, yeah. How can you love that, or how yeah. could you be happy with that? Yeah. You can't love yourself. Yeah. And if you can't love yourself, it's so hard to be yeah. happy. Well, you know, and people who know you, and, and, and just from my perspective, knowing you for a long time now, Ryan, that you are in a position now where I can tell that you really do. Uh, are you're happy? I mean, you're you're positive. You come in. You you brighten up the room, and you can't fake that. And so it's really beautiful to watch. And I'm really. I guess happy for you where you're at in your life today. I mean, it chokes me up a little bit. <clears throat> it's really cool. And I thank you guys for everything. I mean, that's uh, sitting in this room is where uh, this is. I mean, where it all happened. Where yeah. where I could, you know, your compassion is what really yeah. helped me figure out how how I can do that and what I need to do to do that and just to be okay with who I am. Love of thyself and you yeah. know. And the belief system, I mean, that, yeah. that all that stuff was just bullshit that I was believing. Yeah. That this is, this, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just really what it is. And yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, um, I asked you to come up with a challenge for our listeners. You know, something that uh, you would challenge them to do that would maybe have an impact on their life. And uh, so I'd like, you know, like to hear what you came up with. Okay, so my thing is... Um, I challenge everyone to just unplug. Unplug for a while. No social media, no nothing. All that fake belief, like these pictures like on Facebook and Instagram, people are just showing, look, look at how happy I am. Highlights of, look how, you know, my life is so great. Behind the scenes, you know, they could be dying. And the thing is, is we're so wrapped up with social media and our phones and nobody's present. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so artificial. When you go to a restaurant and everybody's in their phone when they're, there to just you know spend time with their loved ones or whatever, and seriously, just to be present, just to unplug. I love I, that. I do this. Me and my son, we hunt, and to, gr- to get to know my kids. Sometimes it takes going on a mountain with no cell phone service, and we have this thing where we leave them in the jockey box and we don't look at them, nice. and and we just get to go spend time together, and it is so spiritually like refueling. Like I mean, right. it's so rewarding. I mean, you just like a breath of like fresh air i hate my phone i really do i'm not gonna lie i hate I, and, your phone I, yeah is probably the busiest phone on the yeah. planet right yeah now. <laughs> but 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 seriously just to unplug be yeah. present 
I mean, if you're present, get to know who you really are and not try to be what everybody else is. I oh, love that. I love that. There's, you know, in that present moment is when suffering stops. Truly. Yeah. I heard this once. It was crazy. I saw this study where they were studying social media and they were talking specifically how people will actually pay these companies to go take pictures on their uh, Lear jets just sitting yeah. there. It's not their jet, but they'll pay so they can post it on their social media to go, hey, everyone, look at what I'm look mm-hmm. at what I'm doing to make people think that they're doing amazing stuff. And, you know, really a lot of times social media shows, look how happy I am, even though I'm depressed. Yeah. Right. So I love that. Listeners, there's the challenge. You heard it from Ryan. Unplug. You know, maybe you spend, you know, a certain time every day unplugging. Uh, when you're with your family, keep the phones uh, in the in the car. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I love that. I think that's beautiful. Um, so why don't you just tell people, too, also, what are you doing now? What's your position? Um, and then how people could maybe reach out to you if they want to, if they need help or if they know okay. someone that needs help. So um, probably the best way. I'm right, well, right now I'm doing um, the director of marketing at Wasatch. to do some intervention stuff, certified interventionist. Um, I'll do, you know, I'll go speak at, you know, other facilities and yeah. kind of share, share a little bit of my story, a little bit more in depth, if you will, the radar R version. Um, <laughs> and kind of just telling people about how, yeah. you know, belief systems and whatnot. So you can go, you can reach me at um, uh, Ryan at WasatchRecovery.com. And you can also, I'm trying to think of my uh, Instagram, I think it's something like Bald Rascal or something like that. <laughs> I'm not sure, but you can, you can email me and, uh, and let's go from there or, or go to my Facebook, yeah. uh, Ryan Duffy. And if you know a family member or uh, you have a friend who's struggling, who's struggling especially with addiction, reach out to Ryan. He'll talk to them. Um, if they need treatment or help, you know, Ryan can you know, assess that and um, that's the beauty of what you do and you're really, really yeah. good at it. Um, I've got one last thing I want to ask, and I know if you could go back, you wouldn't change anything because it's made you who you are. But if you could go back to maybe your junior high, eighth grade self, you know, what advice would you give yourself back then? To yeah. Probably not to worry about what everybody else thinks and not try to compare myself and just to be okay with who I am, and I mean, if I would have, if I could have started that earlier, eh, there really is no telling where I'd be right now. Sure. I mean, I just yeah. wasted so much time in that the bullshit beliefs. Yep. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Well, I want to thank you for being on the 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 belief cast. Sure. Thank you so much. It's my honor. You're uh, not only a, a former client, but you're I consider you a really good friend, and I'm grateful to know you. I love you, man. Okay, I love you, brother. Okay. Thanks so much. Yeah.